Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. Tucker Carlson does an interview with Vladimir Putin. We brought this up the other day, but now the reaction is is nuts. But they're not reacting to the interview. They're reacting to the idea that Tucker Carlson got the interview. An interview that they all wanted, an interview that 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 journalists all dreamt of. Oh, they were going to have the hard interview with Putin. Didn't Megyn Kelly interview Vladimir Putin? I thought it went very bad for Megyn Kelly with that interview. I, I didn't think that one went well at, at all. She might be mad at me for saying so. I'm just a guy with an opinion, Megyn. You're making millions. Relax. I didn't think that interview went well for you. I think things you've done lately have gone extremely well, and I think they've been unbelievably bright and well played. That one I never I never thought did. Tony Katz. Tony Katz today. It's good to be with you. Find everything going on at TonyKatz.com. But Tucker Carlson in Moscow announcing he's going to do this. Do I have to explain who Tucker Carlson is? Do I have to explain that Tucker Carlson was on Fox News? Do I have to go all the way back to Bowtie Tucker? Or do I have to just go to Tucker Carlson, Fox News, megastar sets conversations in 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 america has a massive following got fired for well some people think it was the fox news dominion voting systems case some people said it's because he wanted to reveal some things that they didn't want uh, revealed whatever the case may be he's gonna do very fine on his own and he gets the interview and he's in moscow we're in Moscow tonight. We're here to interview the president of Russia, Vladimir Putin. We'll be doing that soon. There are risks to conducting an interview like this, obviously. So we've thought about it carefully over many months. Here's why we're doing it. First, because it's our job. We're in journalism. Our duty is to inform people. Two years into a war that's reshaping the entire world, most Americans are not informed. They have no real idea what's happening in this region here in Russia or 600 miles away in Ukraine. But they should know. They're paying for much of it in ways they might not fully yet perceive. So one could take from from that part of the tease that uh, Tucker, who uh, has, I don't think I'm speaking out of turn here, doesn't believe we should have any play in Ukraine whatsoever, certainly doesn't believe we should be sending any money, doesn't believe we should be sending any troops. I also don't believe in sending any 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 troops. We shouldn't be connected. This isn't our fight. This isn't a big deal. This isn't our problem. Why are we involved? Uh, I, I disagree with him, just, just for the sake of the conversation. Um, but that's his take. So I guess some people are wondering, well, if you're interviewing Vladimir Putin, are you now going to have a take? where you take Putin's side, is is this it? You get the interview because you're going to prop up this guy? You don't know that. I don't know that. That might be something that you say, but you have no basis for it. And we should discuss the fact that there's no basis for it. Enter Abby Phillip over there at CNN. Now, a couple of weeks ago, I actually defended Abby Phillip because Keith Olbermann, who is a troll, uh, he was going after her. And anytime uh, Keith Olbermann, a troll, goes after anybody, you should be in favor of that person because Keith Olbermann is a troll. The guy is just a vindictive, mean, nasty shell of a human being. 
do not grow up to be Keith Olbermann. What's it like from being a guy that people paid attention to to a guy people actively want to avoid? If you saw him at a dinner party, you would feign sickness and leave. Of course you would. So yeah, when when he decided to to give some smack talk to Abby Phillip, who I've never met over at CNN, I said, I'm with Abby Phillip, uh, screw uh, Keith Olbermann. But now Abby Phillip wants to break down this, this what you just heard from, from Tucker Carlson. And this is how she does it. We're here to interview the president of Russia, Vladimir Putin. Tucker Carlson is lying from the streets of Russia, no less. Not a single Western journalist has bothered to interview the president of the other country involved in this conflict, Vladimir Putin. That's a lie. Serious news outlets, including CNN, have requested Putin to interview over and over again. Most Americans have no idea why Putin invaded Ukraine or what his goals are now. They've never heard his voice. Another lie. Serious news outlets, including CNN, have covered and, of course, reported on Putin's words since this war began, including one of his baseless justifications for the invasion of Ukraine, which he initially claimed was to stop the Nazis. First, because it's our job. We're in journalism. Tucker Carlson is not a journalist, not even close. And his former employer in a court case actually agreed, quote, the general tenor of the show should then inform a viewer that Carlson is not stating actual facts about the topics he discusses and is instead engaging in exaggeration and non-literal commentary. Abby Phillip could engage all of the conversation she wants about Tucker Carlson not being honest. (laughs) And certainly one could say, you don't know what other reporters have reached out. You don't know other what reporters have reported on to say that nobody has discussed the words of Vladimir Putin. You can refute that. And nobody should give Abby Phillip nor CNN or anybody else any grief for uh, indeed refuting those statements from Tucker Carlson. But Tucker Carlson's not a journalist because of something that was said by his former employer? What? People can't change careers? Is this your argument, Abby Phillip? I have made this this statement before. I've made this argument before, and I'll, I'll do it again. Mike Tyson raped a woman. Now, that's not a, 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 a statement that is going to lead to defamation. These are the facts, and the man went to jail. And it happened in my beloved Indianapolis. Mike Tyson raped a woman. Mike Tyson got a Broadway show. Mike Tyson has a cartoon. Mike Tyson has been in movies. Mike Tyson, I just saw an email sent to me, uh, is now uh, getting into uh, eSports and the iconic name Mike Tyson. He raped a woman. And now he's cultural icon and mogul. My question to Abby Phillip is, people don't change? People don't make pivots? They can't do something new? They can't try something new? His former employer said, 
honestly, Abby Phillip, who gives a good holy damn about what Fox News said? And if we're going to engage a conversation about former employer, you'd be referring to a former show, not what he's doing now on X. You had an argument until you decided to take away your argument because you, Abby Phillip, decided to play the role of Keith Olbermann, who is a troll. Your jealousy's showing, and it's gross. I have absolutely no idea what's in this interview. And if this interview becomes some kind of love fest for Vladimir Putin, you better bet your bottom dollar I'm going to be a guy saying, what the hell am I looking at here? And I'm going to be a guy who would have a lot of issues with the political right if they were like, oh, this is so important. But that would all depend on what we saw. I haven't seen anything. What am I? How do I judge what it is that I haven't seen? You know where I stand uh, uh, in, in, in clarity here, in, in, in a through line? With my own words discussing uh, the border security bill that we just saw. Before the bill was released on Sunday, Sunday evening, People were saying this bill is terrible and this bill is awful and nobody should want this bill and this bill does this, this bill does that. No one had read it. Sunday it comes out. See how terrible it is. It was 370 pages. Nobody read it in those 10 minutes. It's people who were desperate for clicks on X or on Facebook and needed to be first. Who gave a good holy damn about being right? Being right, being completely insignificant and inconsequential to their desire for another click and another like and another follow. When your objective is to build brand, regardless of facts, facts don't matter. You don't have to wait for anything. That happened regarding this legislation regarding the border. After reading it, going over it, asking some questions, figuring it out, you realize, yeah, this is not going to work. And I was opposed to it. And it's not going to pass. How the hell do I judge and interview Tucker Carlson did with Vladimir Putin. I don't. I have to see it. Well, how would I know what to judge? The concept? Let's let's uh, judge the concept. Christiane Amanpour, who considers herself a journalist, was also irate with Tucker Carlson for getting this interview because reporters have tried. Well, don't hate the player, hate the game. And if your argument is the only reason Putin would do this is because Tucker would be favorable to him, maybe. But I don't know that until I see it. I don't know it till I see it. But if Vladimir Putin said, hey, Tony Katz, how would you like to do an interview? I'd say yes. I would say yes. I'm trying to think of interviews where I would say no. Um, Louis Farrakhan. I'd say no to Louis Farrakhan. I, I yeah yeah I, that is not that is not an interview that I that I would do. Oddly enough, I don't think I could bring objectivity to that. I could to uh, to Vladimir Putin, and I'm no fan. I think the dude's a murderer. Why is it that? Tucker Carlson can't do this interview. Could Greg Gutfeld, Brett Baer, Dana Perino, Bill Hemmer? I'm trying to name the whole Fox lineup. I can't do it. What about uh, what about John Bachman over at Newsmax? Good dude, John Bachman. If he had done it, would it have been okay? How about Leland Vittert over at News Nation? Another good dude. 
I don't agree with either one of those guys 100% of the time. They're good people. Could they have done it? How about Dave Rubin? How about Hugh Hewitt? Could Larry O'Connor over there at Twitchy and WMAL Radio, could he have done it? Would that have been okay? Who would have been on the approved list to make it okay? No, Abby Phillip, what you did there is despicable and troll-like. And you proved yourself to be no better than Keith Olbermann in that regard. He's not a journalist? Tucker's not a journalist because you said so? You don't get to decide. You are the network of Jim Acosta. That's a journalist? Stop it. Stop it. Who are you kidding? Should I laugh at you now? Later, do I have to come to CNN Plaza, wherever it is? It's like Nakatomi Plaza, but nowhere near as cool. And is then laugh at you? Because I'll do that. You are so angry that you're willing to degrade yourself for the anger, demean yourself for the anger. You don't have to like Tucker. You don't have to like the fact that he got the interview you didn't get. But he's not a journalist. You don't get to make that call. And what is in the interview and whether or not it's worthy? We'll find that out when we see it, which I hope will be soon and unedited. I'm Tony Katz. Netanyahu meeting with the Secretary of State, Anthony Blinken. Netanyahu is the Prime Minister of Israel and speaking clearly. Now we are in Khan Yunis and we have guided the IDF to go into these last strongholds of the Hamas. Here again, when the time comes, the IDF, according to international law, will enable the, the civilians a safe passage outside these areas. The, the translator... Uh, unmistakable that Israel's figured out something that I believe they should have figured out. The world's going to hate you anyway. You might as well put an end to these terrorists. And that is exactly what I'm hoping they do. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. Good to be with you. I was um, dumbfounded by this uh, story regarding Trump. Trump says Americans could give Bud Light, uh, their parent company, should give Bud Light uh, and Anheuser-Busch a second chance. And I, I, I found myself saying, what, a second chance about, about what? Bud Light hired Dylan Mulvaney, who is a man. I'm not angry when I say it, but I do say it with, with, with clarity because some people might be confused. Dylan Mulvaney is a man. Dylan Mulvaney will always be a man. Dylan Mulvaney will die a man. Live a long life, Dylan. You call yourself Dylan. I'm not going to tell you no. But uh, not a woman. But plays this part of woman, not even a woman, plays this part of like this prepubescent girl playing dress up and has gotten endorsement deals and brand deals and has been named woman of the year. It's a man. It's, it's so abusive to women. It, it, it's hard to, to fathom. 
And of course, ended up with this kind of brand ambassador deal with Bud Light, where the then vice president said, you know, uh, Bud Light was too fratty and and it, it it wasn't really reaching out. It was kind of, you know, in this, this potty humor and we had to make it light and bright. No, Bud Light is what you drink because it's cheap and easy and you want to get a buzz on. That's why people drink Bud Light. That's why they drink it in college. That's why they drink it at the local bar. And the last thing these people want is politics. They're not bad people. They just want to have a beer. And you threw politics in their face. You punched them in the face with it and said, how dare you not accept us? It was gross. It was despicable. It was less than. And people said, I'm done. I'm out. And then Kid Rock was shooting up Bud Light. People pulled it out of their bars, and some people kept it in their bars and became a thing. But Bud Light felt it. Anheuser-Busch felt it. They felt the sales go down. And rightfully so. And then the UFC signed a deal with Bud Light. And I said, all right, you, uh, Dana White can tell me how Bud Light you know, helps the military all they want. I'm not saying no. Bud Light needed to apologize. They hadn't done it. And then Kid Rock said, I don't want to punish them for forever. And I said, dear Lord, you're quite literally shooting their product. And now, and now it's like, ah, where's the apology? And now President Trump putting out, I think this is on uh, Truth Social, uh, Anheuser-Busch is a great American brand that perhaps deserves a second chance. What do you think? Perhaps instead we should be going after those companies that are looking to destroy America. No, sir. No. No. I, I'm not looking to go after anyone, actually. I'm looking to be left alone. Bud Light tried to not leave me alone. And until Bud Light apologizes... Why would I drink their product? And why are you asking to give them a second chance? Who do you want to go after? And what about Bud Light would preclude you from doing so? I have to start drinking Bud Light and forgive Bud Light for quite literally calling millions of Americans bigots. So I can then have time to discuss some other company that might be acting in a terrible fashion? No, I'm pretty smart. I can do two things at once. So why not explain to me why, Mr. President, you're doing this? Why? Because I don't feel any need to do this. Some people are asking, you know, did the boycott work? Is it time to forgive and forget? The people asking for forgiveness should be Anheuser-Busch. The lesson needs to be with Anheuser-Busch. You attacked your consumer and you called them bigots. You said acceptance wasn't enough. You must celebrate this. Here, we're going to put this man who pretends to be a child, a little girl, and is trying to erase women on our cans, or at least on one, and you have to celebrate this. I don't think I want to forgive that. I think that's a cautionary tale that we should keep teaching. Maybe President Trump has friends at Anheuser-Busch. Maybe they want to be sponsors. Maybe they want to be donors. I, I don't know. But nah. I mean, you can you can forgive if you choose. I don't get to decide for you. But you think a lesson's been learned? 
If so, where's the apology? I'm Tony Katz. Electric vehicles coming back to bite everybody in the butt. Except it's not actually electric vehicles that are the problem. It's the force. Tony Katz. Tony Katz today. What's going on, everybody? Find everything going on at TonyKatz.com. Get the show sheet available to subscribers, supporters of TonyKatz.com. Greatly appreciate it. Get an idea of what we're talking about day in and day out. There's no doubt that Tesla changed the game and made electric vehicles something that people want. Musk made it cool, made it hip. The government came in and ruined everything. And they ruined everything by stating that everybody has to have an electric car. How great an electric car is. Oh, those high gas prices? It wouldn't matter if you had an electric car. I mean, the elitist jerk face snobbery that was involved in all of this was pretty massive. Massive from Secretary Pete Buttigieg, who's a smarmy dude. Secretary Jennifer Granholm, who I, I find to be uh, terrible. Just this, this, this real hate of the American consumer. Well, this is not a problem if you just buy an electric car. The cost is too prohibitive. The cost on all of them is too prohibitive. Well, you you know, you keep complaining about wanting a gas stove, remember? When the government was after, after your gas stoves and you said, leave my gas stove alone. And they said, why are you talking about gas stoves? Oh, you and your culture wars. And then they went about trying to create rules and still do about gas stoves and gas furnaces and gas water heaters and everything else. All electric, all the time. It's easier just to shut off your power and keep you from raising temperatures or lowering temperatures, from increasing air conditioning. Control is what it's all about. Since there is no other possible mathematics at play, it's about control. And the people who think that that's conspiratorial, it doesn't matter. Keep fighting these things. Of course, you should be allowed a gas stove. Of course, you should be allowed a gas hot water heater and a gas furnace. And of course, we should still have gas-powered cars. This is not me being opposed to electric vehicles. I work with a sponsor, Andy Moore Ford, in in Indianapolis. They're actually in Plainfield. Ford dealership. Andy Moore's got a lot of different dealerships. This is the Ford dealership. Uh, Chris Houston and the gang over there are fantastic. I'm driving the F-150 Lightning. It's the electric. I'm telling you, it's unbelievable. It's unreal. It is a rocket ship. It is comfortable as can be. I love it. And for my lifestyle, as a guy who works from home, I get how an electric vehicle works. You have to be in a certain condition in your life to make that work on a regular basis, including, by the way, the charger. So so we're clear, after having gone through a massive cold snap in the Midwest, like, like everybody dealt with, absolutely the cold messes with the battery. Just in case you were wondering, cold messes with the battery. Did the battery ever go down to zero? No. No, it did not. It didn't go from, let's say, a 62% charge down to nothing. That didn't happen. But did it clearly have an effect and went down? Yes. Also, a battery takes a long time to charge, which makes it, for a lot of cases, not practical. If I were to rely on just plugging it into the wall, which you can do, If I was at 50%, actually, this just took place, so I'll use a a, a real-world example. I was at 27% with the battery. If I had plugged that in just into the wall, it would take four days to get to 100%. 
but I have a friend who has one of those superchargers. It's not it's not the ones that you would see, let's say, in front of a supermarket, the the, the Tesla type chargers. It's 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 a home one. So it's I think it's 220 power and it goes faster 30 hours. It took 30 hours to go from the 27 to 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 the hundred percent. Now you might say, well, that's not so bad. You know, you basically charged up 75% of the battery. And also, so we're clear, the electric, the, the, the battery people, the electric car people are, are, are pretty clear about this. Um, 100% is not what you're after. 80% is what you're after. It's, it's super, 80% is, is, is what you're after and it handles all of your needs and, and you, it's, it's, it's an optimal uh, thing to do. I, I never quite understood it, but okay, fine. Um, in my world, I could charge to a hundred percent and then every other day for the small bit of driving, I do plug it in and I'd be fine for the vast majority of people engaged in a commute. It might not work that way unless you had some charger at your workplace, in which case it might work out well. Then there's the, just the, the general feel about electric which is, it's so easy for me to go to a gas station and get gas. I'm never going to run out. I can take any drive I want. There's a gas station. I fill up. I keep going. The charging takes time. The gas is so easy to do. I can fill up my tank in 30 hours or I can fill up my tank in three minutes. You choose. And some people still want the electric. And I think it should be available in the marketplace. But if you try and force the marketplace... And if you try to force people to abide by this, well, that's going to be a problem. Hertz went all in. Hertz, the car rental people, went all in on Tesla. And this is the story from Yahoo Finance. They're now paying the price. They have been unloading Teslas like it's their job. There have been some very, very good deals on Teslas, and now they are putting in place, uh, or they're halting a plan they had in place to buy 65,000 electric vehicles from Polestar. That is uh, the group out of, I think they're out of Sweden, uh, electric vehicles. It's it's a cool looking car and I know very little uh, about it. It doesn't, it doesn't rent. It doesn't sell the way they thought it would sell. People are concerned about these things. And certainly in a rental situation, they don't want to be bothered with that. It's one more thing. They just want to put gas in the car and move on when they have to. I have heard stories of rental car places where they've got a long line of people looking to rent cars. Hey, if you want an electric vehicle, we've got you right here. No line and no takers. That's the American people telling you something. That's the American people speaking very, very clearly about an issue. Why is this such a problem for the powers that be? Well, it's a problem because if you are ideologically driven, what the American people want doesn't matter. The American people don't count. They have to be told what it is to do, what it is to think. Is this not the entirety of the conversation regarding the people uh, at the World Economic Forum? Isn't this exactly who they are? The world should not have a say in anything that goes on. We will decide for them what it is that goes on. We will decide for them what is best for them. They'll eat bugs and they will like it. Do you remember this guy? 
the, the from the World Economic Forum talking uh, about coffee. Oh, this guy, this is this is the greatest example in the world. We'll be having our coffee before the session, and, and you raised the coffee example. I'd love just to give you the chance to expand on that. Basically, the coffee that we all drink um, emits between 15 and 20 tons of CO2 per ton of coffee. So we should all know that this is every time we drink coffee, we are basically putting CO2 into the atmosphere. Um, the other, and one of the reasons is because most of the coffee plantation, or most of the coffee is produced through monoculture, and, um, and, and monoculture is also affected by climate change. So because a society has a culture of growing coffee, that's in and of itself a problem because they're not diversified. And while this guy is drinking coffee, he's telling you that it puts too much CO2 into the air, and so what, we shouldn't drink coffee? Go to hell! Not only am I going to drink coffee, I'm going to go into the coffee business. Now, I actually had a plan of doing this a couple years ago, and sometimes plans get delayed. And somebody else brought it up to me, and oh, I'm, I'm, I've been seriously considering going all in, and I think I'm going to go all in. I have had a coffee plan for a while. Absolutely. You know what those monocultures call their, uh, their coffee? They call it survival. Trade matters to them now i'm not saying that they shouldn't diversify as a nation to some other things but this guy is suggesting that poor countries that farm the beans remember it's a, it's a fruit really uh they should somehow stay poor countries and shouldn't build and shouldn't grow and shouldn't create opportunities for their people because you know the environment what a jerk these people these elitists are the same people who tell you well you should just have an electric vehicle Everything would be better if you had an electric vehicle. You, you wouldn't have to worry about high gas prices if you have an electric vehicle. Same level of hate towards the people, towards uh, whether it be the citizenry here in the United States or whether it be the world population. When you don't listen, because you don't have to listen, you come up with ideas like, ah, coffee's the problem. When you have to listen, you rethink your strategy. Hertz is rethinking their strategy. Ford, and I just told you, I, I, I work with a local Ford dealership in Indianapolis, Andy Moore Ford. I, I've said their name twice. They're a sponsor. I'm going to take care of my sponsors. What are you going to do? They're great people, by the way. Go check them out. That's right. That's right. I gave the plug. I apologize for nothing. Ford is reassessing its EV plans, including vertical battery integration. So this is a story from CNBC. Jim Farley, who's the CEO. They've already said they're going to delay or cut $12 billion in spending on all electric vehicles. And Farley is stating that he thinks EVs will grow, but the widespread adoption for mass market consumers isn't going to happen right now. It's not going to happen. Why? Because the cost is too damn high. Electric vehicles cost too much compared to gas-powered vehicles and maybe possibly hybrids, I guess, depending on the hybrid. And people aren't willing to spend the money for the so-called savings whether it be in terms of gas or the environment. They're not willing to do it because their pocketbook comes first and they can't afford to do it. So instead of hating these people, recognize that they're telling you something and change your product offerings to meet where the market is. Now, you could still go for this other market. It's just a smaller niche market. 
the 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 mass market wants a car that's under forty thousand dollars. And by the way, forty thousand dollars considered a deal for a car? Son of a gun. But let's call it that. They want a car under forty thousand dollars. It doesn't stop Bugatti. It doesn't stop Maserati. It doesn't stop Porsche or Ferrari. It doesn't stop. Is it Porsche or is it Porsche? I have, I can't figure it out. It doesn't stop them, and it shouldn't. Most people want to watch under $100. It doesn't stop Rolex. It doesn't stop Panerai. It doesn't stop Patek Philippe. It doesn't stop Tag Heuer. It doesn't stop them. They just deal with a smaller market. And that's okay. The problem is the elitist wants to force the market upon you. And everyone has told them, from the consumer to the manufacturer, no. They've been told. They've been told that their theory, that their philosophy, that their radical ideology simply does not work. Doesn't mean they're going to change. Doesn't mean they're not going to find something new tomorrow to thrust upon you. Doesn't mean they're not going to work on a way to stop oil exploration in the United States, to stop drilling in these places, to try and put you on some kind of energy diet to save Mother Gaia. I, I know your question. I, I, I hear you right now. Do these people know where the electricity is made? They understand how much coal is utilized to make the electricity, right? Oh, uh, they just don't want to admit to that. They, they never want to admit to that. They don't want to admit to the fact that Germany decided to get off nuclear power, Lord only knows why, and they were going to utilize Russia and Nord Stream 2 and get the natural gas until they realized that, yeah, we were right and Trump was right. Why are you supporting Russia who wants to come at you? This is insane. And then they didn't go in Nord Stream 2. And so the answer for them in energy was fire up the coal power plants. They went with coal. They went with cheap energy. Oh, sure. They could have done all sorts of things, gone with solar, gone with wind, and people in Germany could have frozen to death, or they could go with cheap energy. They chose cheap energy. And these same elitists think that all these third world countries that are trying to grow their way out of poverty should somehow do with less because of the environment. They're not going to do with less. They're not going to tell their people, sorry, your child is going to starve because there's some elitist in Davos who doesn't want you to drink coffee or doesn't want you to be able to use coal to power up your business, but they're going to go home with some underage hookers tonight because you know they're special. That's, that's not the way the world works. It's a really interesting story about the electric vehicles uh, and, 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 and a good one. And I'll say it again. There's a place for electric vehicles in the marketplace. And don't get me wrong, there's battery issues and are we getting the batteries from China? There's, there's, there's a multiplicity of problems there that need to be addressed and worked on. But as a concept, there's nothing wrong with an electric car. It's the force. And these elitists aren't done forcing you. Sadly, you always got to keep an eye on these people. They're, they're real, real slippery. I'm Tony Katz. This is Tony Katz Today. I admit I have not paid much attention to this Jennifer Crumbly story. Her son, the 15-year-old who engaged a school shooting, killing four. This is back in 2021. Tony Katz 
Tony Katz today. Good to be with you. I actually, I, I mean, I wasn't paying attention since someone reminded me, hey, what is your take on this? This was the woman who got called in and the school was worried and he was drawing violent pictures and he was searching up bullets online from, from the school library on school computers. And you got to go get your kid help right now. And here are some services you can go to right now. And the parents were like, yeah, we're too busy. We got to get back to school. And then we got to get back to work and left him at school. So they got sued. And they got charged, I should say, with involuntary manslaughter because they gave their 15-year-old a firearm and he used this firearm to commit these acts at, at the school. They, they're being tried separately, the mother and the father. The mother was found guilty, convicted on all four counts of involuntary manslaughter. And I know some people are like, good. She wasn't paying attention. She wasn't doing her job as a mother. This is good. I don't know if this is good. I don't know if this is good. I'm not condoning her actions. I'm not condoning the kids' actions. And as I said, I haven't followed this story. I have a tremendous number of questions, though. Is it now going to be that we hold the parent responsible? I'm not saying that we shouldn't. I'm asking in how many situations will we hold the parent responsible? Has anybody questioned how deep this rabbit hole goes? Are we going to pick and choose what we hold a parent responsible for? Are we going to pick and choose what we call damaging? What we call dangerous? What we call hurtful? What we call harmful? Is there a standard now? Again, I'll take all the information somebody has on this. Send it to me, Tony at TonyCats.com. But I do have questions. And one of them is, are we prepared for what comes from this? This is Tony Katz today. Tony Katz today.